welcome everybody to the to the podcast. Here we are. Lenya is giving blood so the CDC can do a study on her because her NIH is NIH. so high. NIH because her immunity is so good. And I'm sitting here suffering with a, a sty the size of my eyeball because my immunity is so low. And so we're talking we're talking about all things pandemic right now. Believe it or not, we're still in this pandemic, people. That's exactly right. And like, where are we in this pandemic? So we were both sort of talking that we have, most of our friends are vaccinated, but we, I have a friend who's not vaccinated and I know it's from anxiety to the point where he'll even say something. He'll talk about all those crazy people who aren't vaccinated. And then his girlfriend will say, you are one of those crazy people. (laughs) But it's for he's he's sort of anxious around the idea of getting the shot of not knowing what happens and he kind of owns that he doesn't have crazy conspiracy theories so that's how i'm drawing the line on on my tolerance of that and trying to have empathy for folks who are who are still not not the people with conspiracy theories but people who are just really frightened of the shot or or just tired. Like Lenny and I were just talking about how she's like putting off a shingles vaccination. I'm I'm going to Malawi in May and I'm actually thinking of punting some of the vaccinations and just risking like maybe not taking my malaria meds because it's only going I'm only going for 2 weeks. And and it's med it's fatigue. Yeah, it's fatigue. And now and you're never going to have another shot. Yeah, like that. It's another shot and just fatigue about whether we know everybody knows people who've had it. And so all the people, uh, quite frankly, all the people who've died from it, that's receding into the background. And so a typical human, we're shoving that in the past. And so it's amazing to me, like how people are just going back to normal. I feel very normal most of the time. I you know, like I just walk in and then I remember I put on my mask, but like sometimes now I forget my mask. That just feels unheard of. You know what I mean? And then I just have to run and put it on. Uh, I have not stopped wearing my mask all the time. But then, you know, I mean, I just panic because I'm always in front of people. So from the minute I walk outside of my house to the minute I walk back in the house, I'm always wearing a mask. I think that you might be that way, though, because you've also been working in the public sphere for through so much of the worst of it, where I was completely remote for much of the worst of it. So I I think in that sense, that might be partially why that's the case. But I also see things that other people aren't seeing, I guess, because you guys are still home. I'm, I'm and I'm out. And the other day. The store next door to us closed because everybody got COVID. Wow. And they had to, it took them 24 hours before they could get more staff to come in from other, other stores to cover. But the entire store got COVID, right? And then the store directly opposite me, four of the five people who worked there got COVID. They're talking within the last two weeks. And are they still masked? No, some people are masked, some people are not, right? So, yeah. you know, I mean, in our store... We are all masked up, not because anybody said anything, just because all of us just want to stay masked, right? There's three of us that have never gotten COVID. And then there's the one person who did get COVID and got it so bad that they're continuing to mask up. They actually, all of us are vaccinated, triple vaxxed. 
right? So I was going to get the fourth vaccination on Monday, but my doctor said, hold off just a few more months. I mean, yeah, another because I just got my booster in November. Yeah, like I think I'm going to do my I'll do my fourth shot before I leave on my trip. But I I mean, we're still messed up at school and I'm grateful and we don't seem to be having that many breakthrough cases. You know, we'll get a notice once somebody has it who's on campus. We we seem to be doing pretty well and I'm sure it's because we're masked. And so I'm okay with that. But I just find myself like I forget. And I was just in Georgia visiting Eric's mom and you know, it's Georgia. There was nobody masked. Like we didn't, you know what I mean? And it was, and people did kind of glare at you when you were, you know, which I found irritating, but I didn't start. Eric was like, please don't start a fight with the shuttle driver. I'm like, I'm not like, who do you think I am? Like, I'm not going to do it. I mean, but then it made me want to, but I didn't, (laughs) I didn't start fights, you know? I mean, because his mother is out there like, you know, giving a lot of money to the Stacey Abrams, you know, campaign. She's quit her church, you know, because she's I can't stand all those Trumpers. I mean, she's very isolated out there now because she just can't stand, you know, being out there. And I feel for her because in this area, it's Rayburn County, Georgia. There's a lot of pride of place. You know what I mean? So people are sort of like proud this, um, it's it is it's kind of this white proud thing that makes me a little sick to my stomach although it's becoming because it's only two hours from atlanta so it's kind of becoming a wealthy kind of big like lake area for people from atlanta to visit so it's starting to interestingly enough it's starting to diversify and turn which is a good thing and i was like Connie, I know you're going to be annoyed at all the mountaineering shops that are kind of going up all over the little town, but that's and good restaurants. But with that comes diversity and, you know, liberals. But it was, you know, but, you know, it's really hard. But I was like, I couldn't. It was that thing like I could not live there. Yeah. At all. And and you could just see like when people asked questions and they were like, the pandemic didn't. It just didn't, you know, it didn't exist. It, never it didn't happened. exist. But even I had an event at school where I was moderating a conversation with four state Supreme Court justices, one from Hawaii, one from Oregon, California, and one from Arizona. And of course, the one from Arizona was, we, I asked, like, you know, we're, how has court been like online? And the one in Arizona was like, we were never online. You know what I mean? They just stayed in uh, person the whole time. And I was just like, it's such a, rather than the pandemic being a situation that brought us together, it is like, a, like people have had wholly different experiences of this, depending on where you lived. And well, I was in San Antonio a couple of weeks back. Yeah, that's right. And it's as, I mean, no one was wearing a mask and I was, you know, I wore a mask everywhere I went. So people were forced were staring at me and I was like, fuck around and find out. Tech, tech, just, just try me. Just try me. <laughs> but nobody said anything because I guess I had that look. But then when we got to the um, venue where, because I'm not allowed to talk about any of, of this, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, KG. so when we got to the venue where this event was going to happen, they COVID tested all of us. Wow. And then put us in zones. 
And then the people who were, and we were, we had to wear a mask while we were in these zones. The people who had COVID obviously had to leave. The people who didn't moved on to the next zone. And it was just like crazy. But then once we got inside the venue, we were um, told we had to take our masks off and we couldn't have our masks on. Wow. Yeah. So another time where I thought I'm going to get COVID. I'm going to get. Yeah, that's so weird that they would do that. I mean, can't you just have your masks? I mean, that seems so weird. I mean, it was strange, like in the airport in Georgia, a man like went into one of the little books, you know, the little bookstores. I was in the bookstore waiting in line and he didn't have his mask on. And the poor woman said, you know, put on you have to put on your mask. And he started he did. He was like, I don't understand. I just passed 60 people that didn't have their mask on and she's and of course I wanted to lean in and say that is not true like I was just out there that is not true but he he said that and then this poor woman of course was like not in my store and then he just was so mad he put all his stuff down and he made a big thing and then left and I have to say here's the thing that's changed for me is that I had and I am not a person who runs on fear I had fear because, you know, it's, and of course I'm thinking, oh, but it's TSA in Georgia. Everybody's leave your firearms. You know, you can't take your firearms any further. So I kept reminding myself he couldn't get through TSA with a gun, you know, but I had this fear because we live in such a violent place now that I was just like, welcome to, and this is it. And I was like, in Georgia, they signed that bill today that you can, you can carry a gun without having, without having a license. So and the thing that drives me, and then he was a white man and the cashier who was saying something was a black woman. So I was also just like in heightened yeah. space, like ready. So of course I get up to her and I was like, well, I just want to thank you, you know, for, for doing that, you know? And, and she, she, of course was like, she's well, I don't want my boss to, you know, yell at me. And I was like, well, fair enough, but we are grateful. And then Another woman behind me was like, yes, it's not hard to wear a mask. And, you know, but it was, but you could almost see the collective sigh of relief that it didn't escalate. And we're just living in these times where this should be a time where we've all come together between the pandemic and the war um, in the Ukraine. I feel like this is a time where we should all be coming together as Americans. And it's nope. It's just has divided us a little. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of feelings around the war with the black community. Why? Because I don't know if you saw all the footage of, of black people being discriminated against about leaving the country and left to die. And, you know, like a lot of news outlets didn't want to put, um, didn't want to, you know, report it. There was all this gaslighting done by the actual Ukraine government saying that that wasn't even the case. And, I mean, a lot of people I know are saying that's not true. And then there, I mean, then there's some other things that are going on as far as like it was an HBCU that's decided they're going to take in 3,000 Ukrainian students. There's this morning on the news, a Ukrainian woman came across the Mexican border illegally yeah. and it's on the news. You know, yeah, the, the war, the war has not brought us together. It's divided us. I feel those, I agree with that. What makes me sad though is that if we don't, it still is an opportunity for us 
wants to work through those issues because the larger issue is like Putin is is committing war crimes, big war crimes and that need to be accounted for. And invaded another, he invaded a country like, and so he does need to be stopped. And then, and then all those issues are things that we need to address with the Ukraine, which are important because in every country, people of color and immigrants get the shaft. I mean, that's just true. And we need to start addressing those issues now, but I don't want to lose sight of this is a wrong war. I realize that, but you know, like, I have a question. Do we call this white on white crime? Do we call this white on white crime? This is what the uh, I've been wondering because when when black people do it, when black people in like another black tribe invades another black country, they call it black on black crime. It's not important. It's this. It's that. Let them kill each other. And I'm not saying that because I really do not believe. I actually believe life matter, which is not something that I, I see a lot. Yeah, like matter. I would take issue. I guess I would take issue with the other way. I mean, if we're going to keep everything even and one wrong makes another wrong, then I guess it's white on white crime. Yeah, but I would no, say that one country, but one it's, country it's, it's in But is it a thing, though? Is that a thing? Like, I want to know. What do you think about it? Do you think that's a thing? What what do you mean it's a thing? Like black on black crime and white on white crime? Yeah, like is it a thing? Well, is it a thing that other people say? I guess I don't know what you're asking. Well, do I, I think it's a thing? I don't think it should be a thing because I think lives matter and I don't think that we should be killing anyone ever. And I think they're black, white, or anything. Yes. And I also think the distinction the academic distinction between a civil war and an invasion war is an interesting academic discussion, but that shouldn't still, that shouldn't change things, right? So the one of the distinctions they're making for why we're treating like different refugees differently is because a civil war, we're not going to get involved, you know, where it, because that strife within the country versus an invasion of one country into another. I, I was like, that's an interesting academic discussion for somebody to get their PhD on, but it's still people killing people and we should be doing what we can do. So I'm a little aggravated that, you know, all of a sudden, like we have Harvard kids coming up with apps to help place Ukrainian refugees and homes and that app couldn't have been created for Syrian refugees like that shit is just racist because that doesn't have anything to do with because I'll admit like you're it is going to we are a Eurocentric country whether that's going to change or not change we were a British colony right though that was our mother that you know what I mean we we look in that direction for most of our culture. And you can call it dominant culture. You can call it whatever bad word you want to, but still, you know, we all like to go to Europe to, to see, you know, we have that connection to Europe. And that might not be true for everybody living in this country, but I'm saying historically, that's been where we've looked. And World War II was a big deal for this country. And so when we think about Europe, it's it's more significant to us emotionally than other countries. So with that said, this feels very close to home. 
right? And and this is reminding people of the Cold War. So I get that there's an emotional connection to this that we don't have to other countries. Right or wrong, I'm not I'm agnostic on that. I'm just saying that there's a mo- there's an emotional connection. You know, I didn't think about the the fact that it would be very it would be very similar to the Cold War and making people feel a little a little unsettled thinking about what we went through during those times and and before the the wall went um, down in Berlin and right. I mean, this is Russia all over again. So I feel like there's stoking of a lot of emotions that feel yeah. very close to home. So I feel like that's a little bit why people are acting. It isn't it isn't about other things. There's just an emotional connection. I'm not excusing the idea, though, that if we had all this just because it's more immediate empathy doesn't mean we shouldn't have had empathy do you know what I mean? For all the other people ousted from their countries, whether it's from South American countries, refugees coming in through Mexico, or whether we're talking about Syrian refugees who are seriously walking through Albania, you know what I mean? Walking yeah. through country after country and not being let in when Harvard kids are finding that app that was really cool. We have colleges saying we're going to let you in. We have yeah. Countries leaving strollers at the border. Now, I, I billions, again, it, billions of dollars, billions. And like a call to, and I am like, and I keep saying it's such a missed opportunity for Biden to actually have that Kennedy moment. Like, it's not what, you know, the country can do for you, it's what you can do. Like, we should, because like, Yes, gas prices are up. We're doing this because we're doing this to stop a maniac. You know, we're doing this to do what we can because we can't go in and fight, right? Because he would have his finger on the bomb. We cannot go in to fight for all the reasons everybody is saying. And so we need to band together and do this. And he's not making that statement. And that upsets me because it feels like it is an opportunity missed. But then I can't help but go a little bit deeper and say, but how many more opportunities do we miss? You know what I mean? Because Clinton admitted that Rwanda was a mistake on his watch. So like he admitted he learned from that mistake. And I don't understand why we just don't learn. And then, yes, I'd like to think it was the emotional connection to Europe. But I think the deeper thing is there's a deeper, there is still a racism that's totally going on. And so do I understand the black community saying, yeah, so I, I, I get it. I mean, they're not, I mean, when I say I'm looking just by, you know, the people I follow on Twitter and on, uh, and on TikTok, but mostly on Twitter lately, just it's not that they're being so insensitive to human life. Obviously, this is horrible. And, and you know, and everybody's heart goes out to these families. But it's more like, you know what? We're going to sit this one out. We're going to sit this one out. We're just going to send we're going to send thoughts and prayers. This is where we have to admit where our education fails us. Right. Because our education is also Eurocentric. So everybody knows. Well, I mean, I take. I'm not sure this is true, right? But I would hope most Americans know where the Ukraine is. Now, I, yeah, like, right. Lenny just made a face, but they know where kind of Poland is if they've sort of talked about World War II, right? Although I've just read somewhere that kids aren't really being taught about the Holocaust now. And I'm like, what? 
or oh. geography as a total. What? So the idea is that the idea is I would hope they kind of know where all this is happening. But the problem is they do not know where Syria is. They do not. They aren't taught. You know, and so if it's foggy, it's hard to care about what isn't what's foggy to you, what feels like abstract. But the problem is, is that isn't it a duty for us to make all of that not abstract? Because if we have this idea of people first, people are people. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's important. So I get it. I mean, it's it's. It's a tough call. And I and I and I am bothered by it. And it feels like it should fuel greater discussion. And again, I still think in the end it's an opportunity to bridge another gap. Does that make sense? Like in the idea, yeah. it feels like an opportunity. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about how we have failed other refugees and how we haven't done it. If colleges can find three thousand spaces for refugees, why can't you? Why couldn't we have done that five years ago? Why? You know what I mean? What about those horrible images of the Haitian last year being whipped by the Texas police? And I don't know. I, I, I absolutely, absolutely. I'm actually feeling fatigue from all of this. Right? <laughs> I'm feeling fatigue from all of this, especially after watching Katanji. Thank goodness it ended with her getting the, you know, the 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 place. But I mean. Watching, especially Senator Cruz, oh my God, he's so lucky that people can't shoot him. Well, now, now we're on a Secret Service list right there. But go ahead. I just, yeah, I mean, no. Well, I have to say, I was more. I was actually, I was upset by the hearings, but I was more upset by the vote. I thought the vote was. I was more upset by the vote, like how demeaning the no votes were like I wasn't surprised by the no votes but how demeaning they made those no votes that they couldn't find Rand Paul and then he wasn't even dressed in a suit and he like called the date like it's so because that is just beyond that is disrespecting the on purpose and it's personal yeah, but it was personal when they were attacking her. You, and, you know, she cried. I mean, like, I know. you know, and, I know. and that sigh that she gave, you know, Ted Cruz when he was talking on and on about critical race theory and the um, anti-racist baby that he made go number one on Amazon best bestseller book list because he's an idiot. You know, like that sigh. I felt that yeah. sigh from the deepest part of my body. Because I just. I know that side. I know where that comes from. As a black woman, I've had to do that. And I just, the whole thing was so upsetting. So upsetting. And so by the time the vote came, I was just like, I was ready for that. I was yeah. ready for these people to be disrespectful and because they were already disrespectful. They were disrespectful True. her face. So being disrespectful while she's watching them on TV was like nothing. You know what I mean? Because they no, I totally, I totally get that. I totally get that. It's oh my god. And then you know another thing that bothered me about after the after this, like the week between the hearings and the vote, um, on TikTok specifically, there were all these awful black men making these horrible comments about how her and Vice President Harris are married to uh, white men, and how you know what is this message sending to black girls and a lot of black women i'm so proud of black women coming to the defense saying it's saying that they go where they're loved 
right? They go where they're loved and appreciated. And that if we felt loved and appreciated more within our own community, maybe this wouldn't happen so much. Wow. Then uh, something happened. I think, it, I don't remember if it was the beginning of this week or the end of last week, but there was a, a white OnlyFans model stabbed to death her black girlfriend. I mean, black boyfriend. And it was, it's all over the news now in Florida, in Miami. And he, and he would make these horrible, disparaging remarks about black women saying how, you know, he hated them, how they you know, just, very disrespectful things. And it was on Twitter. So, you know, Twitter lives forever. You know, you cannot get rid of that shit, even if you tried. And so, of course, everybody's bringing up his tweets now. And his family, because she wasn't charged and she was let go. And the very next day, she's having drinks in the bar in her building. So the family of the Black man is asking the Black community to help them, to help them get justice for their family member. I just felt terrible. I feel terrible for the family. But at the same time, I also definitely side with the black women in the community and a lot of black men saying, well, you know, this is white people business. Yeah. And, you know, we're always telling them to stay out of black people business. So we're staying out of your business now. Handle your wow. business. Handle your business. I'm sorry that this happened, but that we're sitting it out like we're sitting it out. So it's just so interesting. All of this is going on. It seems like it's back to back to back to back to back. And I don't feel like I've gotten any rest as a Black woman dealing with all of this. Since 2020, when, when white people woke, and I'm putting woke in question marks and, and being ironic about that. But the idea is that now we're in this, the great unlearning, but also the great learning, but also as things have heightened the crescendo of shit that have, that has happened in this country has gotten harder mm -hmm. and more of it's on social media. So it's 24 seven. Yep. It's, it's, it, I can only, I'm exhausted, but I'm not a black person. Like every time Every time I think I'm tired, I always remember what you say to me is, yeah, but you can be tired and go away. Like, I can't be tired and go away because I'm a black woman. Like, it, it just that doesn't happen. And so I'm cognizant of that, that I try to get through my own exhaustion, you know, of, oh, my God, it's another it's like this. Just it's another sucky thing. It's another sucky thing. And it's it's exhausting. And I. I, I feel you. I feel you. Thank you. <laughs> I feel seen. Would you know that's the most important things, right? Because I think that's part of the problem that we just don't feel seen. Absolutely. All right. So everybody, we hope you enjoyed the show today. We'll be back soon with another episode of Women Bridging the Gap. And hopefully we're going to have a guest. I'm working on something. All right. Well, I'm excited for that. All right. Well, find us at womenbridgingthegap.com and wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find Lenya on TikTok and all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Bye.